If you're someone who's going through shorter or longer, and, and for many people it's quite extended periods of isolation and therefore loneliness, then the question is how do you come to terms with this? Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. In the broad world of personal development, self-development, personal change, there's an area that I feel is kind of overlooked. And this is in relation to how you're feeling day to day in terms of your motivation, your self-esteem, your moods, uh, your levels of positivity or negativity. And often there is a bit of a cult of positivity within this world or toxic positivity, which basically states that the way that you feel about yourself and the way that you're feeling about your hustle, your motivation, your drive, your passion in life uh, is all dependent on you, right? So the, the type of mindsets, the type of positive thinking or internal tools that you're using defines your success to a greater or lesser degree. So this idea of manifesting your own reality. And I'm not here to say that that's uh, incorrect or it's a bad thing because whatever it is that we imagine, that we hold deep within ourselves, that we project out into the world, yes, this will definitely affect the trajectory of our life and the, the good opportunities that come along and how we go about utilizing them. However, this doesn't really take into account the realities, the really real realities of life. And there can be a tendency to kind of victim blame uh, so I've seen this in you know, lots of kind of positive self-help worlds where if somebody is struggling or if the course that they're doing, whether it's a getting rich quick one or manifesting the secret, getting what you want in whatever way, that if you're not doing that, that it's your fault, that, that you're not uh, holding the right types of mindsets, you're not being positive in the right type of way, of course, you're not taking the right action steps and as a result, you don't get the, the things that you want. So as I said before, of course, it matters what you think. It matters how you feel about yourself. It matters uh, whether you see, the, see your life and the planet as a series of negative uh, circumstances and struggles uh, and things to complain about, things to project onto, so to you know, place blame elsewhere. So this is, this is an issue. But on the other side, we have to look at there are real things in life which suck. There are periods of time when things are out, outside of your control, where you don't get what you want and, and you don't feel amazing. And that's what I wanna address today because I'm filming this today on this strange hill covered in ancient windmills in Portugal uh, early in 2021. And over the last 12 months, most people on the planet have had their lives disrupted in smaller or often in massive ways. And that's, that's as true for me as it is probably for you and most people watching this. We got smashed. <laughs> we got fucked. Coronavirus arrived uh, and derailed all sorts of plans that you may have had, particularly with you know, guys that have come to this channel to learn about socializing, about seduction, about meeting women. Suddenly, it's illegal to meet women maybe in your city. You can't leave your house or if you can, you can only go to get groceries. There's no parties, there's no bars, there's day game uh, opportunities are limited. So for a guy that's been you know, investing time studying this and, and working on it and then going out in the field, 
to then have 12 months where that's completely derailed can be a massive upset. And that's not your fault, right? That's not a mindset issue. That's not because of your lack of positive thinking. That's because a fucking virus has hit the planet and meant that the world is scrambling to figure out what to do. And so in, in the process, they're uh, locking and unlocking the doors every couple of weeks to try and figure out how to manage this thing. In terms of how you're feeling about yourself, this is, this is another area that for a lot of people, their self-esteem has tanked over the last 12 months. They're feeling more depressed, more anxious, more lonely. And this has been you know, proven in, in the statistics that mental health issues paramount, not that mental health was not an issue before this, but uh, continues to be and is, and is exasperated by the, the issues of, of being isolated primarily from your communities, from your family, from romantic partners or potential romantic partners. And so there, there is a situation where a lot of people are struggling with loneliness and solitude. And so what, I wanted to have a chat today about this and to look at, okay, so what are the, some of the strategies, like effective strategies that we can use to, to deal with this time, but also some of the more, let's say, I would say subtler strategies in terms, to, in terms of coming to terms with what is going on. Because it's not necessarily going to help to just grin your teeth and uh, say positive affirmations in the mirror and hope that the universe is just going to deliver to you because of some thing to do with the secret. If you put it out there, positive thoughts out into the universe, that it's always going to come back to you and deliver to you in kind. Uh, I don't think the universe necessarily works like that. I think karma is a lot more complicated than put positive things out there and then you'll your dream car, woman slash career, all that will, will just appear to you because the, because the universe loves manifesting stuff for people who put vision boards up. I don't really think it works like that. It's, it's more complex. In terms of strategies for success, there is a, a blend of elements. Yes, the mindsets, the way that the, the technology of thinking that you carry around in your brain, uh, how you process your emotions, how you plot goals and work towards those. Yes, these things matter and they are important. But at the same time, okay, we're, we're living on a planet with an economic system, with a health system, with travel restrictions, with uh, mandatory distancing from other humans, all these other things. And we have to accept that this is our reality. And sure, take responsibility for the parts that we can. And the guys that are succeeding in this time are the ones that are more nimble, more adaptable, who are able to go lean, maybe move countries, who are, who are working out ways to work remotely, that are adjusting to the dating, new dating world, whether that means more online game or having a period of involuntary celibacy that is used effectively and so on. So these things matter and these, these are things that you have choice over. But when it comes to, okay, if you're someone who's been locked in an apartment by yourself or within your small social distancing bubble of people that you're allowed to hang out with, this is going to have an effect. Loneliness is, is a bit of a taboo to talk about. Like it's, it's not really that accepted to admit that you're feeling lonely and isolated. It's a, a lived reality for a lot of people on the planet right now, but it's also something that people have shame about or that they don't wish to discuss. And when a guy is looking at trying to have excellence in his life, often the tendency is to always take responsibility for everything and try and suck it up, to tough it up. You know, don't be a pussy to not let your emotions get in the way of your pragmatism and so on. Uh, and I don't think this is going to be useful to you 
when you're in a scenario where you can't necessarily affect or change the outcome. So what do you do with this? Like if you're someone who's, who's going through shorter or longer, and, and for many people it's quite extended periods of isolation and therefore loneliness, then the question is how do you come to terms with this? There are, there are two main things we can do. One is to get less lonely, right? So we'll talk about that a little bit later in terms of, okay, strategies for dealing with the reality that you're in. You can't go down the local pub. You can't hang out with your friends. You can't go and visit your family maybe. So therefore, what can we do to be less lonely or be less isolated? Okay, that's on the one side. But firstly, and, and I think more importantly, is to look at what's, what are you doing with your internal world? How have you been dealing with this period. Now, the most common way that people deal with uncomfortable situations that are particularly ones that are ongoing is through distraction. And inevitably, over the last 12 months, you and I and everyone else has been guilty of plenty of distraction type behaviors, uh, whether that means spending long periods online watching Netflix and YouTube and uh, doom scrolling, or the many other ways that you know, we as humans distract ourselves, whether that's through stimulants and addictive behaviors. But for the most part, it's going to be kind of digital distractions. And if you haven't already, I encourage you to put an app on your phone to look at what is your actual phone usage, especially compared to back in the good old days when you could walk down the streets and wave at a stranger. Uh, inevitably, you're spending hours more probably per day on screens that you were. And this is like... Well, on, one, on the one hand, the big message I want to bring in this video is to have self-compassion, right? So there is something to be said for kicking your own ass and getting yourself moving and, and digging yourself out of a rut, for sure. But on the other hand, you need to have compassion for yourself in this, in this really bizarre time and throughout your life because there will be many periods where you can't just positive think your way out of something when the secret is not enough to to fix the problem, it's, it may require you to wait, to just deal with, deal with a really real reality that you can't necessarily affect. And so what can you affect? You can only affect the way that you respond internally to this, your reactions to the external circumstance if we can't change the external circumstance. So the first big takeaway I want to give you is the idea of looking deeper into your solitude and your loneliness and having compassion for yourself and allowing yourself to mourn right? To, to be sad for the things that things, people, situations, opportunities, and so on that you have lost or that have been plans of yours that have been derailed, uh, you know, an economic situation that maybe you worked really hard for and then you lost your job or, you know, you've lost your housing or you've had some, some economic hit. R relationship lives where maybe before the pandemic you were you were dating or you had some girls on the go or you had a, a, a social life that was either in its infancy or it was in its uh, ascendancy and you were getting the, the advantages and the benefits on that or you were at least a guy who was working on these skills trying trying to adapt and change and figure out how to become more social and seductive and that's that's been ripped away from you you know that's been that's been taken from you or, or made much more difficult so allow yourself to be sad for that give yourself a morning period and if you've been living just in distraction for the last 12 months and you've found that to a certain degree that period is passed in sort of numbness then you have I would say you haven't really gone through the the morning process and the morning period yet what's this going to involve it's going to involve firstly switching off 
the distractions. I would even try this. You could give yourself uh, like just one evening, for example, where you pay homage to your loss and you allow yourself to feel the grief and the, and the, the loss and the frustration and the anger or the sadness or whatever it is or blend of those things and to express them. Right, so the way I would suggest that is literally turn your, turn your internet off for an evening, spend some time in meditation, and you can do this you know, formally or informally, but to sit yourself in meditation and go inside the space, go back over the last 12 months, the, the time before it, note the areas that you were building, the things, the projects, the social situations and so on that you were involved in, and then note, okay, when this thing hit about a year ago, how did, what was taken away from you? What were, the, what were the areas that were made a lot more difficult or impossible? What, who are the people that you were unable to see? Maybe you haven't been, like myself, I haven't been able to see my family for a year, probably won't see them for another year because they're in Australia and that's, it's completely locked. And that's, like, that's something to grieve. For, for probably two years, I, I will miss the opportunity to spend time with, that, with those family members and all my friends in Australia. It's a loss, right? It's not something I can positively think my way out of. Uh, I can't change the facts of that right now. So what can I do? I can observe and allow myself to feel those feelings and go through the emotional processes that involves. So take an evening or maybe it takes a weekend or like give yourself time where you properly switch off, right? So rather than this being like I'm disconnected but I'm still constantly in, uh, in uh, relation to all of this media which brings me out of the present moment, which distracts me from immersing myself and feeling and actually observing what's truly going on for me. So I switch all that off and do the thing that most humans in this day and age are terrified of, which is to be actually alone, right? So if the reality is you physically are alone or, or you, you know, you're either by yourself or, you're, or you have a limited number of people that you can hang out with or you're severely restricted in that, then the thing that we will often do is, as humans is we will try and buffer ourselves against this discomfort and this pain. And we do that, you know, with all of those distractions, Netflix and pizzas and, and vaping and anything else we can to, to create padding around ourselves. Because we are terrified ultimately of being actually alone. It's, a, it's an old cliche that you're born alone and you die alone. Everyone understands that in some ways the human experience is one of solitude. It's a personal lived experience in relation to other people, but at the end of the day, it's your life that you're experiencing from beginning to end and you do it alone. And that's a, a really scary prospect for people. Most people are really uncomfortable with, with being alone, especially for any extended period of time. And the problem with that is multiple fold. One of them is that you never really get to know yourself because to truly like, understand yourself and experience who you are as a human being, Yes, you can do that in relation to other people through romances and love affairs and collaborations and we will learn about ourselves as we interface with the world, but we will learn a lot more and a lot more depth about ourselves by going inwards, by actually stepping back from all of those distractions and needs, the need for validation or affection or constant attention or being around people all the time and to actually give ourselves the space to sit in this. What is this space of solitude and loneliness? Because there, like, so there is a difference, right? They're the same lived experience. If I stay up here by myself with these windmills for the next 48 hours, I'll be living in solitude. I will be alone. But whether or not I feel lonely will be my subjective experience of it. I'm not saying it would be better or worse to, to really sink into, the, into this 
feeling alone. But at the end of the day, it's an interpretation of my experience, not the experience itself that affects me. So the first thing to do, I think, is to really go lean into the loneliness as opposed to it being something which you're afraid of and you're, and you're worried about the loss and the fact that, okay, now I've got 70% less social contact than I had one year ago, for example. And to feel the fear and the loss of this and the, the worry that you're falling behind, the fear of missing out, the sense of, of, of urgency, the sense of neediness for affection, for love, for human contact, right? So these are all very natural things and they're part of the human condition and they can't be denied, but they're only one aspect of it. We are able to, to sink into our loneliness. Most of us don't want to live like hermits and spend the rest of our lives alone. That's not going to uh, be nourishing. And, and it's certainly something that for introverted guys or guys that have, let's say, cobbled together their emotional needs through an online space, usually through video games or online chatting uh, or c the consumption of media in various ways that, that tends to put a large portion of male populations in isolation even before this situation, yes, you do need to address that because that's not, the, that's not an effective long-term strategy, right? It's uh, the, the people that succeed in life, and by success, I don't just mean millions of bucks. I mean, those who have a sense of fulfillment, fulfillment, it comes through, primarily comes through community, through your personal interactions, through the deep friendships, through the love affairs, through the, uh, you know, the, the, tribal bonds that we have as tribal and social creatures we need those relationships in order to feel good overall as a baseline some of us are more addicted to those than others some of us are more independent and autonomous than others uh, and i think it's really important to be able to exist within both sides of those experiences to be able to sit in solitude and to experience that for both its pain and and its joy right as well as on the other side of that being able to go out and make connections, be vulnerable, be raw and real with people and really actually have the, the human element in our lives. So the first thing I, I recommend is, yeah, take, take an evening and think back over this period of time. Think of what you've lost. Think of the beautiful nights with a woman or, with, or close experiences with friends or the bonding of returning to family or the freedom and... and exploration that comes from from travel and being able to move around freely sit with it and allow yourself to feel what have you lost and don't don't try and mask it up with positivity and how things are going to be great yeah things will get better and they'll get worse <laughs> that's what things do things get better and they get worse and they get better and they get worse and people have a variety of experiences so this constant thing of like oh it'll end up fine yeah i mean in the grand scheme of things yes but if right now it really does suck and there is really pain to be investigated, then investigate it. Don't hide from it. Allow yourself to mourn. And that means for men, squeeze out a few tears. <laughs> and for a lot of men, that's difficult. I, I talk to clients all the time and they say, you know, I haven't cried since somebody died or, you know, since I was a kid or like some major traumatic event. And yet, and then they hold in their, their emotions uh, for the rest of the time. And some guys just never cry. And why is that? Because they're taught that it, real men don't cry, that you have to be tough, that you have to have a stiff upper lift, that you're going to be a pussy faggot if you do that. And I thoroughly disagree. You can be an extremely tough, robust, adaptable, effective human being who is emotionally expressive and cries. And I think you're more likely to be if you, if you can do that regularly. And if there was ever a time to cry, it's now.
right? Okay, you've been experiencing this for a year and you've figured out ways to survive and to, um, to adapt, but it's still, we've all been through a traumatic event and are continuing to do so. So allow yourself to fall to bits for a period of time if you need to. Allow yourself to cry and scream it out, to, to go and kick a punching bag, uh, you know, or go off into the forest and, I don't know, break something. Uh, and express yourself in a way where, where you do let out this, this sorrow, this anger, this frustration, because it's not your fault. It's not yours. You didn't make this. And to carry it all on yourself thinking that, okay, I need to grin and be positive and, you know, hustle and like not be a quitter and all these kind of self-help platitudes. It's not bad advice, but it's not holistic advice. It doesn't look at the, the full lived experience that there is no trajectory where everything just gets better. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. So as, we, as you are experiencing this shit time in life, have a howl, have a cry, have a complain, right? about how unfair it is, how unjust it is, how the timing sucks. You know, let's imagine you're a young guy and you just started to go out and go to bars and clubs and meet girls on the street and you're really, this is your time to be a, a youth going out there and grabbing life and then suddenly, no, you have to get locked in your house for kind of a year to two years. That's a big chunk of your dating life just ripped away from you or of your youthful experiences or being a young guy who wants to go to festivals and, you know, meet girls as you travel the world for example let let it out let yourself experience that and don't be ashamed of it now I don't, I don't suggest you should wallow in it and stay there forever but allow the grief process if somebody close to you dies and and I've had that experience before where the grief doesn't hit you immediately and it's it's really weird and difficult to kind of imagine them not there and they're not there anymore and you don't really feel some emotion and yet at some point a song comes on or you look at a photo or someone mentions something about them or, you know, you're watching a sunset and you remember a, a moment with them and it, and it all floods in and hits you, right? So this is the, the human animal has this kind of internal process of like receiving trauma and damage, whether that's physical or emotional, and then being able to scar tissue it over and just walk wounded as needed, right? So that's, that happens in life, right? Where something really traumatic happens, but you don't have the luxury of mourning this right now. Or you, maybe you don't have the, the uh, emotional capacity to deal with it right now. It's just too much. You've got to stay on point. The, you can't even process or conceptualize the lost. And so your body just goes, all right, puts, patch that up internally uh, some way and we'll keep walking wounded. That's good and it's okay in the sense that, yeah, this is a, it's amazing how humans can do that. We can come out of a war situation or, or see something truly horrific or go through something that's really damaging and then we can survive, we can maintain, we can uh, you know, procreate, we can continue even though we are walking wounded. But what happens over, over a lifetime is that if you keep doing that and you just add layers and layers of scar tissue and compensatory behaviors or mindsets or distracting distraction kinds of techniques, it means you move further and further away from understanding or experiencing yourself completely. So maybe you experience the hustle and the workaholic and the get shit done side of yourself and that's great, but you don't experience the sensitive side. You don't get to process or purge these emotional experiences. Women tend to be better at this, right? They feel upset, they cry. Not all women all the time, but this is pretty common. She feels an emotion in real time, she expresses it, which is why women tend to cry more often than us. 
And, and men are scared of women's tears, but women aren't scared of women's tears because like when, when we see a woman cry, we're like, oh no, it's, she's broken. It's the end of the world. And for her, it's like, no, this emotion is real now. I'm crying it out because, because that, that sadness in whatever form it was needed to be expressed. And then she cries it out and then it's gone. Or if it's not gone, at least it's, it's had its expression. And as a result, instead of just adding more layers of scar tissue, there is some kind of healing process going on. There's some resolution going on so that, you know, over time, something that was a major issue can gradually dissolve and become something that is just a memory, uh, that you've found a strategy to work around. And as a result, you feel, you know, you feel better and you grow from the experience as, as opposed to just accruing damage over time, which is often what men do. So in this time where we are getting smashed, where the damage is being inflicted upon us, where it's not it's mostly not your fault, don't take fault for it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Switch your phone off, think it, think through it, really dig deep into the into that pain and explore it. Allow yourself to, to feel it for all it is. Uh, and when the emotions rise, don't fight them and don't try to plaster over them with positive ones. It's like feel the despair, feel the loneliness and howl and scream it out. Another layer to this is one that I recommend, but with a little bit of caution. And this is to really stare into the abyss. There will be a number of times in your life, sometimes referred to the long dark night of the soul, where the experience of being human, the, the raw, terrifying, ultimate reality of it is revealed to you. Now, when I say ultimate reality, I, I mean this in a subjective sense. There, there are all sorts of aspects of your lived experience which are real. On one level, you know, I'm a mammal. On one level, I'm a male. On one level, I'm a, an Australian. On one level, you know, I have these likes and dislikes and these beliefs. We have all of these conditioned and genetic aspects of ourselves which are, which are real. But there is some aspect to our lived experience which if we look into it can appear to be extremely negative and also true, right? So, which is a viewpoint of nihilism. Like, unless you believe in a great creator who created you for a very specific purpose, which was to follow 10 rules, and then if you follow those 10 rules for your life, then you get to sit on a cloud feeling happy for eternity. Unless you believe in that kind of thing, which sounds kind of comforting, but it's a bit late for me. I'm not going to pick that belief up. So if you believe that we're born, we die, we're a genetic organism, there is this abyss that we can look into, which is that our life is pointless, that, that it intrinsically has no meaning, that we are alone, that uh, all humans and organisms are self-interested. And so, you know, do they even, does anyone really even care about you or do you really care about anyone one else? Like these are the big existential questions that you can dig into or that may become apparent when you're going through this kind of mourning period, this looking deep into the darkness. Now, the warning that I want to put here is that if we stare too long into the darkness, then we can get lost in, into it. And someone who has chronic depression or anxiety or someone who like lives with an extremely negative tinting of, of reality throughout time or for large periods of their life, they become lost in this, in this way of viewing things because it is only one viewpoint, right? Because uh, there is another equally valid viewpoint, which is that we are all interconnected, that we're all vibrations humming throughout the universe, that uh, love is an ever-present force, that 
intrinsically we have meaning and purpose because we're alive and this is our lived experience and, and purpose uh, is unfolding moment by moment. So there's like there's various other ways that we can look at this same experience and put a much more kind of positive spin on it. So I do want to warn you that it's, I'm not saying go into your cave and just stare into the, the abyss of existential nihilism until you want to shoot yourself. But at the same time, I think it is good to look into that at some points in your life. Again, it's something that a lot of people uh, avoid. They avoid the idea that they're going to die at some point, that, that they are alone, uh, that life may, no, may not have uh, a meaning that was given to you, right? So that the meaning of your life may well be something that you have to construct and f figure out for yourself and it wasn't given to you by the universe or by our Lord and Savior. It's just like, here you are, this genetic package on the planet, what meaning are you going to build out of it and therefore what kind of um, satisfaction or, or happiness are you going to be able to dig out of this life? Because it is ultimately going to be up to the way that you interpret things as much as the things that happen to you or the good or bad fortunes that you uh, encounter. So, again, with great compassion, without judgment, if you find yourself in certain scenarios where this, this sense of loneliness or, or despair creeps up on you, look it in the eye, look deep into it, because the, the fear is that it will destroy us. And it won't destroy you uh, if you look into it, if you allow yourself to have that compassion for yourself and then you sit and relax in that space there's so much anxiety that we have this aversion this running away from things that feel uncomfortable uh, things related to to loneliness and sadness and then sometimes some people on the other side get addicted to it and they like to roll around in sadness and and it becomes something that is a very un, you can have a very unhealthy relationship with but somewhere in the middle there is the experience of going okay I'm going to sit into this despair, I'm going to look deeper into it. I'm going to imagine what if my what what if it really was true that my life was pointless? What if I am going to be alone the entire time? What if I am unlovable? Right? The, these these shadowy doubts that, that creep around in our subconscious that keep us awake at night or, or create tension or give us that that uh, always feeling of restlessness that I've got to rush and try and achieve something because otherwise I'll end up in this space. Embrace that space. What if you were going to die alone? What if it is all pointless? And would you be? And is that okay? Right? Can you come to some peace with, within that space? Again, I'm not suggesting this is a philosophical space to spend your entire life in. I'm saying that in these times of darkness, in these times of uh, great uncertainty, of loneliness, rather than f fight the situation or feel or um, or try and beat yourself up about it, settle into it, meditate into it. Sit down cross-legged, close your eyes, feel, think deep into those emotions and let them run through you. And you'll see that actually you are more resilient than you thought, that they won't destroy you. That even sitting in like, okay, I am completely alone in this space and time. You, you won't be forever. People will like you. You'll make friends. You'll get lovers. But okay, if that's the reality now, can you come to terms with that and be okay with it? Because if you can become okay with it, this gives you a, an immensely flexible power, and it has a lot, of, it has a lot of advantages in life. One of them is simply that it means that you won't be spring-loaded to 
attach yourself to the first person that comes along that's willing to show you some affection. Very common mistake with a lot of men that I work with or I've, I've mentored or helped over the years is that they may not be super social guys and they're not meeting a lot of women or they're not having a lot of uh, choice socially in their life. And of course they feel loneliness and solitude and horny and frustrated. And so they're spring loaded so that when and if someone comes along which is okay or fulfills some basic needs, which is their, their physical needs or giving them attention or some emotional nourishment or whatever, that they latch onto that person. And that's problematic because Firstly, if you're choosing a partner, for example, out of this loneliness and scarcity, then that's the prime, that becomes the primary um, marker of choice. And so it doesn't, you're, you're going to not notice or gloss over red flags or incompatibility issues. You're going to end up in a relationship probably with someone that is not ideal, and you're not going to be ideal. Because if you're getting into a relationship based on feeling lonely, then you're likely to be codependent and needy. Right? You're not doing it for because this person inspires you and you really want to join a partnership with them. You're doing it because you desperately don't want to be alone. And it's a really, I think, an important skill to be able to be in solitude and be okay with it. Because as I said earlier, there is a difference. I'm physically alone, but if I feel at ease in my solitude, then it become, can become a nourishing space. Even if it's you know, kind of uncomfortable and feel sad at times. And, you know, it doesn't have all the warm, fuzzy padding of having a lovely girlfriend who loves you and being surrounded by, you know, friends and family. Okay, so those things are lovely and nice to have and, and I would pursue them for sure. But can you be okay without them? Can you go through your mourning process, allow yourself to, to feel the terror and the sadness of what it is to be alone? And then to shift through that, maybe you look deeper into the abyss into the, into the heart of darkness and investigate that as far as it needs to go. And then hopefully you come to some peace with it, right? where it's like there's, there's, there's less of that frantic sense of like, oh no, I, I, I've got to, I, I'm, I'm alone, things aren't working out. It's like, okay, I'm alone, things aren't working out. Can I be cool with that? Yeah, for sure. Because humans, humans are capable of that and there are a lot of beautiful things to, to come out of uh, your solitude. You know, I've deliberately spent many months of my life by myself. I wasn't forced to by a pandemic, I chose to. I went out into the bush or into a meditation retreat and I spent time solely with myself with something really, really boring and repetitive. My breath, my physical sensations, ob observing the, the way that my mind and patterns operated. And that gave me a lot of benefits, but to, the primary benefit being to understand myself at a deeper level. And in this specific situation, the benefit being that it's like, I can, I'm okay with myself. I can be alone and sure I'll feel sad sometimes and I'll feel I don't have to, I'm not a smiling Buddha about it the whole time, but I'm at ease. All right, so this means that when I am able to, or when you're able to go back out into the dating world and start finding lovers, that you will be choosing lovers. You won't be reactively grasping onto somebody, the first person that comes along. And so it means that if you ever move into relationships or, what, or you will, depending on what type of relationship you move into, but as you move into it, you're moving in from a position of power, from choosing to add something to your life rather than trying to fill a hole. When you're in a negative space internally, it can feel very static, right? It can feel like, okay, this is, this is real, this is reality, it's not budging, I don't have any power over it, and so it's this like immobile mass. I hope from what I've been talking about today you can 
start to view some of these negative experiences, particularly the negative internal experiences, more as a journey. I, I, I've had countless times in my life where I've been in a, a crisis point and a, and a really depressed moment, and, and I can't see out of it. And I, and I would say that's why, you know, when somebody takes their life tragically, someone who had an okay, you know, had a good life, and then they went through some really rough period, and then they take their life. What I find so tragic about that is knowing that the person in that moment felt like that there was no way out, and even more tragically is to know that there was a way out. Right. So the person felt like things would never change when the reality is everything does change. Not always for the better, not always uh, the universe doesn't always deliver you what you want, but things change in their nature. And so I've been asked this question before, like if someone's feeling suicidal, for example, what should they, they do? And my first and most important uh, advice is wait one more day and then wait one more day and then wait one more day, right? Because I, I, I remember a friend of mine who, who took their own life about 15 years ago guy who's really beautiful guy really had a, a huge a lot going for him in life and one he went through a rough period with a breakup and had some mental health health issues in the short term and on one day it felt like this would never change and he would never get over it and as a result he took his own life if he'd waited two more days sought out help uh, and and then was able to see through that and see that things are changing he may be with us today so if you're ever feeling you know on the edge of despair Firstly, understand that's natural. That is part of the human condition. It's okay to feel despair and to fall apart in that. Keep in the back of your mind, even if it feels like this is where I'm going to stay now. This is, you know, I'm at the lowest of my low point and I'll never, I'll never get out of this. Something will change you out of this. It will, and you have choices about whether you want to get out of it quickly or whether you want to roll around in it for six months. Okay, there are things that you can do to adjust this. But knowing that there is there is some kind of continuity and that this is part of your hero's journey right so the the hero's journey in a classic sense is this evolution of boyhood to manhood it's this um facing of fears seeking mentors going through training breaking through from the acolyte to the warrior to later on to a king right so this is this process of evolution but my experience of the hero's journey and i think with most people i've worked with is that there is a shadow side to that the whole time. Even if you are going on your missions and slaying the dragons and chasing the maidens, I'm glad I didn't say it the wrong way around, slaying maidens, chasing dragons, oh, the way I said it, uh, that this, this shadow of doubt and of failure and of sadness and of loneliness, this, this will follow you with the journey, right? It's not just a Disney journey of, of success. It's one of, if I want to live a life less ordinary, this means that I unplug myself from my distractions or I claw time and attention back and I become more autonomous. This means that I will inevitably feel more of life, the, the dizzying highs as well as the crushing lows. If I have less distractive behaviors, less, less addictive behaviors, if I'm more present, if I'm more honest and real and raw with myself on an emotional level, then I'll feel more pain. So that's part of the trade-off for living a vibrant life, for living a life where you really were alive in those periods as opposed to up in your head in, in dreams and memories and distractions, then okay, you're present and you're real and you're here, then you'll feel more discomfort. You will feel the loneliness, you'll feel the pain, you'll feel the frustration, you'll feel the boredom, right? Those things, you'll feel the, the lack of, of self-doubt. You'll, you'll feel all of that. Good, this is part of, a, part of the full package. Right, everything I teach at The Natural Lifestyles, is it's never been just about one portion, just like how to optimize this thing to get a few more chicks into your bed. 
uh, you know, the marketing is that I get guys in with the promise of women and then we deliver them holistic change and, and they get to, to grow on, on deeper and deeper levels. Because I, I've always been interested in doing and teaching people how to get more out of their life. And that means on both ends, right? So you need to be just as equipped to deal with the fucked up negative stuff that's outside your control and the stuff that's inside your control as you are equipped with positivity and success mindsets that means that you're ready to hold the burden of success as well, right? So being able to not sabotage yourself at the last minute because you don't think you're worthy of or could handle success. There, there, is this, there is this dynamic flux and flow and kind of delicate, delicate balance that we need to be able to work on. We won't ever get the balance exactly right, but to continue like putting the you know, drops in the beakers and balancing the chemical reactions so that we get to evolve and ideally, yes, live in abundance and in uh, connection with people and in happiness, yes. But at the same time, having great tools and abilities to deal with it when that is not the case. The last thing I want to discuss today is a way out of this space. Right? So the, the big takeaway from this video is to allow yourself to have your solo times, to have your solitude, to, ha to allow yourself to have your negative emotions and try to process them in a way that is more healthy and self-accepting than either just suppressing it or being angry at yourself for having those emotions. Now, as I said, this is part of a, an emotional hero's journey. Even if this journey on the outside looks like you're sitting in your bedroom, and there's not, not an, an, an out there in the world adventure happening, there is this internal adventure which is going on, this internal process of going through your warrior stripes or dealing with your darkness in the hope that you're going to evolve. Now, as important as it is to do this, it is just as important that you are reaching out to the world. Some people may find all the answers internally, right? So I've had periods where I've gone away into deep meditation retreats with a, a, a tool or a technique, and then it was me and the technique, and that was it, right? And, and the breakthrough or the evolution that I had was one that was independent of other people. It wasn't something that was social. And there are there is times and places for this where people, especially young men or, or men going through their warrior phases, need to go off into the wilderness or into their own space or into their creative space or into their workaholic phase or whatever it is they need to prove themselves and to go through their own personal training uh, and expression of themselves as a man. But as I've been harping on about for a long time when it comes to lifestyle design, the seductive economy, this is not most effectively done completely solo. I'm not a solo operator, even though I spend good periods of time alone. Most people I know who are successful didn't do it just by themselves. They did it with lovers and collaborators and, and people assisting along the way. So a lot of people think that right now you can't contact anyone or be in contact with people in any way, that your social and sexual life is just frozen. And over the last 12 months, I've still managed to travel. I've still managed to teach both live and online. Uh, I've still managed to go out and pick up ladies and to meet people in this in this uh, strange new world that we're in. And many of my students have as well. And the reality is a lot of things that you think can't be done can be done. It's different in different places, but you can still reach out and meet women. Right? You can go and approach a girl with a mask. You just approach from six feet and you say, hey, listen, uh, I know this is a little bit forward, but would you mind just taking your mask off? I'm just going to take a step back. I got a hunch and she takes it off and I'm like, I knew you were hot, fantastic. Okay, you can put it back on now. Anyway, my name's James, bump. This is a romance starting, right? Okay, I don't get to shake a hand and give her a hug and get right in her face, but women are still 
horny, single, bored, lonely. If they're in that, those circumstances, they want men just as much as they did 12 months ago. And uh, there are definitely ways to meet them. When it comes to reaching out, this is something that I know a lot of people when the pandemic first hit, a lot of people went kind of insulated and went into their own space, and I did too for a time. But what I made the, the effort to do as I was building Lifestyle Design Academy, as I was starting to build all the, the parameters for the guys that I was teaching, was to look at, okay, what can I do in order to maintain and build and even create thriving new social worlds? What can I do to have my emotional needs met in relation to other human beings? And that meant for me, swallowing my pride, reaching out and asking for help contacting people that I hadn't contacted for some time and being honest with them as well. Just saying, hey, look, I'm having a rough time in this and this thing. Mind if I have a whinge to you? Or how's, or how's, the, how's the lockdown been for you? It's been shit here because of X, Y, Z. How are you handling it over in, in wherever you are? Like actually commiserating and, and opening up to those that are close to you, those that will give emotional support. I'm not saying do it to all your clients or every single person that you know, but revealing yourself and actually requesting help. Most men struggle to do this, I know I have throughout my life, admitting that there are certain things I can't do alone, that I need assistance, and that I need assistance right now. Yeah, like when, when you have these pressing needs internally, when you've, you, maybe you've gone into it yourself and you realize that, realize that, okay, it's not the best place to just sit in complete loneliness and solitude and try and work through this. I need to express this. I need it to be heard and I need to receive care. This is a really profound thing particularly for men to be able to do. It's a, it's a really important, powerful, manly life skill, which is to be able to call someone up or reach out and say, hey man, I need help in this area. And, uh, and if need be, instruct the person on how to uh, give you that help, because a lot of time guys are not so good with each other, with their best friends of giving help. You know, one guy can see that his best buddy is having a rough time and goes, oh man, how you doing? And the guy goes, yeah, fine. He goes, all right, cool. How about those football scores or whatever <laughs> other stuff men speak of? And then it's, and it's passed over. Your role as like good friend or good counselor is to ask that second and third question, right? If, you, if someone's reaching out to you for help is to be like, well, tell me more about it. Well, how do you actually feel about that? Well, you say you're okay, but I've seen you look better than this. You seem to be doing it tough can you tell me what you're feeling all right so being able to draw that out of somebody and if and for on the other side it's such a powerful and, and can be difficult skill for a man to do to do the same to say hey listen i need to talk about something i need to express how i'm feeling and uh it's probably not going to be it's probably going to be a bit heavy you cool to listen reaching out and, and sharing this uh takes so much of the 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 suffering out of it because out of the 49 million things that you worried about in your lifetime, you know, you're lying on your deathbed at 80 something maybe and you're looking back over the many things you worried about in your life. It would be interesting to note how many of those needed to be worried about because at least half, if not more, resolved themselves without anything happening. Many, many of those worries were things that you were worrying about that were going to happen and they never happened or your things that you're worried wouldn't happen and they did happen things that you had no control over, things that seemed really relevant at the time and then something else comes along and totally supersedes it and you wonder why you ever worried about it in the first place. All right, so there was a massive amount of things that you held stress over throughout your life that were a complete waste of energy and time and didn't need to be done. And very often if I just share some of those things with people, I can just process them and as I'm speaking to them, I see that, oh, okay, this is not such a big deal or this is manageable. Or I just needed to get it out. I just needed to he be heard, 
complaining. I need someone to go, yeah, man, that fucking sucks. And to be validated on that. Often that's, that's all humans need. Okay, if the, the problem's much deeper, it may be something need more work. But it is vital that you reach out to your support networks. And if you don't have them, that you start to build some. It is also not only okay, but it can be a hero's act to ask for professional help. Right, so in my life, I've had periods where I've had counselors and therapists and life coaches and spiritual teachers and physical teachers, like all sorts of mentors that I've sought out when I needed help with a, with a growth period. But there have been crisis times where it's like, okay, I need someone whose job it is, is to deal with this kind of thing, right? Because as awesome as your friends may be and as much as they may love you, they may not be equipped to deal with the issues that you have. And there is, of course, a huge amount of stigma around mental health, about seeking help for your mental health. Uh, and, you know, a lot of guys just never would never think to do it because they would perceive that that is showing that they're ill or that they are weak or that they can't figure their, out their own lives. Uh, and that's, I don't think that's true. Like every person I know that's really successful has lots of men, uh, lots of coaches in different areas, including uh, mental health coaches, whether that's you know, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a counselor, or a, uh, or a therapist of various types. They have someone that they speak to who knows how to help them process their problems. I've been doing that over the last couple of years. Last year was rough for me like it was for you. My business is still alive. I still have friends and family in my life. I still have girls, but it's not, you know, I took, took some beatings. And so I came to a decision that it was going to be much better for me to seek out a professional and speak through some of these issues than it was for me to just try and tough it out or even to use the really powerful tools. I have meditation tools or shamanic tools, which I have, which I can, I can use to process and I do, but that has been accelerated and I've been given different angles of understanding by having a therapist speak my truth back to me or speak my situation back to me with a, an objective eye. It helps me to process things faster, meaning that Overall, my life will be much more effective. I will be stronger. I will be tougher. I will be able to handle the vicissitudes of life because I, at certain points I admitted my weakness. You know, I admitted that, okay, I, I need help now. I can't do all this alone. Or if I can, it's going to be way more painful and it's probably going to take way longer. Why not get someone to help out? So there's some takeaways for today, guys. In this bizarre time of solitude and who knows what the fuck's going to happen this, uh, the internal tools that you have for handling the shit times will be just as important and sometimes more important than the tools for success or optimizing or, or getting amazing at what, you, what, what it is that you're achieving and what you're doing. What I've done is I've put together an incredible academy called the Lifestyle Design Academy. I started this during the pandemic, uh, the start of the pandemic last year. It was an opportunity for me to continue teaching when I couldn't teach live. And for me to work on some different things, some different areas of my specializations to, to present those. You know that over the years I've been teaching natural seduction, dating, sexuality. Uh, this has been my core bread and butter. But I've also been working in my own personal life and with my private clients on the construction of lifestyles that generate a whole lot of positive metrics. Uh, as I said, I didn't do all this alone. Everything when it comes to seduction, when it comes to business, when it comes to relocating, to becoming a you know a digital uh, entrepreneur and internationalist, all this I did in con conjunction with and collaboration with different business partners, creative partners, sexual partners, friendships, in order to create multiples of my effect. 
Right, you, the the old idea of being the four-hour workweek dude who does every single thing himself and everything is highly optimized just by the individualist is not the most effective and certainly not the most fun way to do things. Having a crew around you, partners and collaborators, uh, working with guys and girls that wish to improve all metrics of their own lives means that you can multiply your effects and all of you can benefit much faster. The LDA is an eight-week intensive program followed up by 10 months of follow-up coaching, which teaches the guys who come into it how to construct social circles from scratch, how to reach out in these times and make new connections, make new friendships, make new lovers, how to uh, create a buffer or padding against these times in, in history where against all your best laid plans, things are messed up and, and you have to rethink and adapt to the situation. Myself and my crew adapted extremely fast to the pandemic because we had great connections, great intel, we were nimble and creative, we moved and readjusted and as a result, the business kept going and we could adjust to the online space. Lots of people we know and we've seen didn't and weren't able to do that. Not necessarily because their skills sucked, usually because their network sucked, because they didn't have people on the ground in different countries and different cities and different industries uh, and different investment um, opportunities and so on to help them out. The best way to get what you want is to make sure that everyone around you gets what you want. This is the, the core of the tribe building ethos that I teach in the LDA. And so I'm reopening this course. It's going to be opening on the 14th of March. The enrollments are, are only open for seven days because they don't, then I start immediately teaching this live course in live webinars whilst giving you a, a shitload of missions that you can achieve, both internal ones for helping yourself to fortify and also become much more flexible, spontaneous, and, and in flow with yourself internally. And then, just as importantly, to be able to reach out into the world, to make new connections, to build social circles, to uh, raise your social value, uh, and also to work on things that are more outside the box. A lot of guys that come to me want to learn how to unplug from the matrix, how to not have to work nine to five in a second, third tier city, being locked in place for the rest of their life. Would you like to learn how to live in different places around the world, to make money as you travel, uh, to be able to move to new places and build vivacious, productive social circles of cool guys and sexy women in a very short amount of time? Well, that's something I'm exceptionally good at uh, and have deconstructed and broken down into a system that works. So if you'd like a little snippet inside the course, then you just need to click the link below, put your email in, you'll receive a free 30-minute lecture right now that gives you the basics of the seductive economy, this process that I use for creating leverage and social success. And you will also be kept up to date with all of the stuff leading up to the launch, including VIP invite-only webinars and getting first access to the course. So if you'd like to join me as I mentor another group through yet another uh, very uh, difficult, challenging and unpredictable year, I know for myself and for the guys that I worked with previously, the greatest resource you can have at this time is other amazing people who give a shit about you at the same time as having internal fortitude and flexibility to be able to deal with the uncertainties as they unfold. That's it for now. James Marshall reporting from the top of a mountain somewhere in Portugal overlooking beautiful windmills. Let's go for a walk and, you know, throw in some drone shots. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.